0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this and what country you're listening from. I don't know why I said what country you're listening from, it doesn't matter, it's good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. Um, I did promise on Instagram to at GB171, I would. I promised them you'd get a recording of a podcast this week, because I kind of made that promise on social, because I actually want to do this, and I didn't have had no intention of actually stopping the podcast. I just put myself under that much pressure work-wise. I didn't really prioritise anything else apart from work and obviously moving house. For those who don't know, I live in Cardiff now um, and I do a lot of work down here. And then on the weekends, I'm consulting for other companies. Like this last weekend, I was consulting for a company, for a supplement brand and supplement company in Manchester, of which there's a non-disclosure agreement on that. So I'm not really allowed to say much, but... It's going to be fucking cool as fuck. Um, so I wanted to go around, basically base it around Stacked. Um, do a little. I do have to apologise a little bit. My words may get jumbled up and I may be a bit slow because I just drove five hours to Cardiff um, and got stuck in a load of traffic in Birmingham. So it's kind of cognitively worn me out a little bit and we're coming up to half nine, which is the time when I start switching off. I'm wanting to go to sleep so if i do appear a little bit slow and i get my words mumbled up i apologize we're locked in this together now for half an hour um set the scene i've got my phone right in front of me on my desk i've got my laptop to my right with stack 3d on it i'm looking well i'm not looking at myself i've got a mirror directly ahead, ahead of me which i kind of think i need to change because I want to get one of them bending mirrors that makes me look bigger, makes me feel better in the mornings when I wake up. But anyway, I want to go through Stacked. I want to have a little talk about new ingredients I'm testing and researching at this current moment. Because I only have the ability to research maybe one or two things at a time. Um, because I like to go in the rabbit hole and think about nothing else apart from that. Um, and one, I so basically I'm in. I'm working with an ingredient now. That I'm testing on myself and researching, and once I feel comfortable, I've learned about the knowledge that's currently available about this ingredient and the efficacy through testing it. I've already eyed up my next ingredient I really want to go for, (laughs) but I'll do a little bit on stacked first. I'll do a little talk about that, and then, um, I'll bid you a good afternoon, evening, or morning. I think that's it. I'm just confusing myself. Lavoni Signature Series unveils a muscle builder with 10 types of creatine. Now, my first thought is people are going to get the dickards over 10 types of creatine, and that's the way it's being marked. So, it's called creatine, which we've already seen this name. We've already seen the name creatine in 5%, which is the same concept 10 different types of creatine. Listen, creatine monohydrate is the cheapest it's the most effective no amount of creatine from a different source has outperformed the relevant dose of creatine so my usual point is go for creatine monohydrate it's the most cost effective it's the most effective what more can you physically want but it seems like people want to try and reinvent the wheel and just create a shit of wheel um so the 10 types of creatine, uh, maybe for, there's a small percent of people that maybe get gastric distress off creatine. I say if you do, then maybe try a creatine hydrochloride. But with this creatine 10, it's going to be 10 different types of creatine. So it's going to be creatine bonded to something, um, which is actually going to y- yield, yield less creatine. So it's going to have a less amount of creatine because obviously if you're getting a gram of creatine magnesium, for example part of that's magnesium so the actual amount of creatine is lowered so then you've got to go and trust the brand and actually or have to do a lot of research before you do it to actually find the molecular weight of them and how much of what percent of each ingredient and it's just a ball like it, and you're not getting the added, additional benefit of actually having creatine monohydrate you are having the additional benefits of magnesium which is obviously important to involve the 300 reactions in the body but what are you taking your creatine for? Are you taking it to get magnesium, or are you taking it to take creatine? I think ninety percent of people, ninety nine percent of people, take it to get creatine. So good creatine monohydrate because it's the most cost effective and the most effective. Oh, I said that in one um, breath of voice then, and I think I've done a good job of it. Um, going down a few with um, um, oh, few nut butters, protein nut butters, oh, are a just don't understand yeah it's just the it's the price of them i think if it was actually whey protein and nut butter and it was a cost effective then i'd be i'd be up on the train but yeah just one of them a keto pancake mix i'm gonna scroll past this one i don't know why the keto wave in america is still so big And I'd I'd like to know the determinant factors as to why it failed so much in the UK, in terms of nobody's asked about it. Um, Beast have unveiled a nootropic, which has been formulated from um, the gorilla chemist. Oh my god, that took me a while to think of it then. My neurons are not firing as well as they should be. So the Gorilla Chemist has been formulating for Beast. I don't know whether people in the UK who predominantly listen to this podcast are aware of Beast. It's a kind of like okay company, but never really took off in the UK at all. Um, I think for one period of time, or when I was at first at Teen Nutrition, maybe three or four years ago, we had a bit in, they had a low sugar carbohydrate, no no low sugar mask gainer maybe. Um anyway, they've released a new tropic and it's it's good. It's I think it's quite price conservative. I think Gorilla Canvas has been put on some restraints. I imagine and what I speak to people in the industry is and certainly when I'm consulting for other brands and companies sometimes I get the restriction of I need to make a product for 10 pound or for 9 pound i need to make a product for 14 pound or a kind of a string. so it kind of limits either one the types of ingredients you use or two the amount of them so it's still i would still see this as effective would i buy it probably not maybe to try the Vimposatine team because i've not tried that before but then i do read a little bit of information about it being not not terribly good Bioavailability, anyway, I'll get into it. Alpha GPC at 400 milligrams, which is good. I like to see it between three and six. Any addition above six is, I, I'm gonna like it even further. Um, it's a terribly hydroscopic ingredient, but fortunately, it's in a um food capsule dose here. Then you get lion's mane, which is good 375. I do like to see it between three and 600 at a 20 percent beta glucans ratio, so that's good. Um Bacopa at 20%, only 240. Now not amazing. There is a really readily available 30%, 50%. Um there is a company that does the I am pretty sure it's the same company in the Nova Pump from Nova farm that does the red red spinach extract, also claims to have a sixty seven or sixty-eight per cent Bacopa back aside percentage, although I don't know as it was when I called them on it. They couldn't really, They just blanked me. Um, Bit of orange, 30%, which is yielding the zinephrine. Um So 200 milligram of 30% is actually a decent dose. You're going to feel that for sure. Caffeine in terms of stimulatory effect. Caffeine, we know what caffeine does. Vidolia rose, yeah, 200 milligrams. Great MAO inhibitor um, from AMP, which is really cool. It's a really, really good ingredients. I really like that. Um theanine yeah in, in 100 milligrams so is going to p- provide that like smooth calm relaxation productivity but is not sedative so it's increasing levels of dopamine gaba serotonin it's going to inhabit the synaptic release of glutamate which is why it's in pre-workouts to potentially help come down um, and increase alpha and theta brain waves which again is really cool new pep, said to be a thousand times more the potency of paracetam um, 25 milligrams, not legal in the UK under the psycho, psycho, this is where my brain's having a fart. Psychoactive substance ban, that's the one. Um, vimpocetine, increasing cerebral blood flow. Um, black pepper extract, usedly main for the, um, used used mainly for the MAO inhibitor. Well, no, it's not. It's used mainly for the CYP3A4 <laughs> enzyme inhibitation, but it's also a major inhibitor, which increased levels of neurotransmitters. has actually been comparable, not in humans, um, as um, a potential benefit of as beneficial as antidepressants, although I will take that for a of salt, but it is extremely potent. I have been supplementing with that at a 70 70- Five, i think or 70 between 70 and 75 milligram dose of black pepper extract and it's the results are quite profound in terms of um cognitive ability or cognitive feeling sense of well-being happiness stuff like that it's actually really profound but then you don't want to go too high and smash it too much because it works with cyp enzymes so um, then you get Hoopzaine which is an Acetylcholine inhibitor. So you're going to have three ingredients, or well, four, Bacocides in the Bacopa is an acetylcholinesterase inhibitor. It has the potential to increase tryptophan hydroxylase, which will increase serotonin. has the potential to stop dopamine receptor dysfunction, withdraw aluminium from the brain um, as a neuroprotectant. It decreases cortisol, increases the growth and proliferation of dendrites, which increases neuron communication. It's one of them ingredients that, no matter how much I say about it now, there'll be another thing I forget to mention just after finish the podcast. I get that with ashwagandha, um, as well. Again, coincidentally, another zeolcolinesterase inhibitor, but. You've got that, so you've got Hoopsane A which is stopping the breakdown of acetylcholine which is the neurotransmitter that uh, alpha GPC is increasing and then Lion's Mane is also um, showing the potential to increase choline acetyltransferase in a dose dependent manner which is the transferation of acetyl part of coenzyme A onto choline to increase levels of acetylcholine um, so if you're going to feel it, it's going to be good it's quite cost efficient in terms of making i don't know the retail value of it but it shouldn't be too expensive um that's my oh well hello there we go genius brand gets into good growing game markets with genius gamer this so I, when someone markets a gamer product straight away as a gamer like the genius gamer it kind of sends a little red flag to me because what's the difference between a gaming product and a nootropic product of which they do have a nootropic product in um, Genius Conscious? So then I'm like, okay, well, this is... First off, it's marketing. So they are marketing to people who don't know. Otherwise, when someone... The, the marketing to the people who don't know, know what a nootropic is... So the people who aren't buying Genius Consciousness, they want to market to these people. So it's kind of a little red flag, and I do know. I think it's uh, there's a band called Oh, I can't think of the name. it now it's got Utopia as the. Um, is it? I, 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 I want to say Novo. Wait, there. I'm at a laptop. I don't even know why I'm saying this. Utopia. Um de novo bastard i said novo i'm blaming that on the time and the um my cognitive impairments at the moment utopia from de novo their pre-workouts and their um nootropic are exactly the same formula which again just makes you think well that's a marketing thing isn't it not to say that's a bad product i actually do like the fact they've got vitamin c in there with l-dopa um I like the dose of Cetrocholine. It's a very basic and cost efficient one but actually works. Um but then when I go on there I'm on their website now De Novo. I don't know whether they've changed it actually. Cause this Ignite pre workout looks different. Which is really interesting. Oh yeah, they have they've got a new product which is cool. They did have a they did have their pre workout as Utopia as well, I'm sure. But they look like they've updated that to ignite which i'm i'm a fan that they've actually did that um oh, mm, it's actually good i like vazio drive anyway i'll speak about that later um so straight off but then you're looking at the formula of it at one capsule dose and there's 80 capsules so you're looking to take around about three or four it's shite 16 milligrams of methylliberine as dynamine, 16 milligrams of teacrine, 18, 21 milligrams of caffeine. Now, you, if you took five grams for the four to five capsules, sorry, you may get the efficacious dose of cognizant, cetylcholine. Then nah, I, just, I just don't really want to talk about that too much, it's marked to people to make a lot of money off them, in my opinion. Um, you, if you want a nootropic feel for your gaming experience buy a nootropic um, so so red, white, and boom preview, rate, I already know what that's like chemics, has the scoop size and that's quite irrelevant to the people in the UK but I'm glad that they, they do that because it's actually banned now but hard, that's what they should have done anyway um in my opinion, the full scoop was way too strong. And I think, obviously, they now know that um, because they've halved it, which should have been a 20 to 40 scooper. So you could actually dose it. You've got Day Spell, which is a nootropic formula by Black Magic, but it's only exclusive to uh, Nutri-Castle, which is in America, which is good. I like, I like Companies Initiative to be able to jump on um, a wave and be able to put their twist on it. I'm not really seeing much else in terms of um formulation news or news to be spoken about, really. Um, no, I'm on to the last page. They spell. No, again. BPS is releasing a new and improved version of Pussy Killer. Now, I bet you 1 million percent the owner of that brand is about 45 bald and shagged prostitutes every weekend. Um, that's just a feel I get from that. I'd, 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 I'd be willing to apologise if that was not the case. <laughs> but that's just a feel. That's, the, that's my first thoughts on that. Um... Ambrosia completed a joint formula. Um, chicken stain and cartilage collagen, um, anti-inflammatory whole tart cherry. sisus, at a, not the best of doses, but good. And then paracetin. Oh, mm. These things are fitting well with the Ambrosia brand. Nothing. Um, actually, Strom is releasing a joint formula with a thing called Hydrokerkin which is really interesting. Um, bring the Chaos got three new flavours out And I think that's it I'm not going to talk about a 7 inch cauliflower pizza That's not something I'm going to be talking about Primeval gets Yuhimbi capsules Which is not really relevant for people in the UK so Yuhimbi's banned I will talk about the FSA a second though um, They are cunts So the FSA, MHRA and or the everyone involved in the content industry like that, uh every now and then they seem to get their dicks out. I don't know whether it's they've got to do a certain amount in a year or I don't know what their job title is in terms of bonuses and stuff or how they how are the this is what I this is what my mind goes in in the um FSA situation. What are the determining factors of them doing a good job? So what is the primary information that they need to bring to their boss to say they've done a good job? Is it banning products? Is it taking products off the shelf? Is it catching people out? How do they score how well they're doing as a job? For example, if we stuck to the but, to the absolute minimum, say for example it's a total hypothetical situation if we had two ingredients, we had caffeine and creatine, which were both um confirmed okay substances for it to intake what would the f s a use would would there be a job, and what would they use as determining factors of that job being successful so it does lead me to believe that if you've got employee a and employee b working in the f s a and they do nothing because there's nothing to be done Is that mean they they're good at their job or they're bad at their job does it or do, do they have a certain amount of products to get per month off off the shelves what is their what's their goal like how do they how do they show that they're good at their job um and that's just a little bit worrying that's the that's the, that's the pessimistic side of things there's a few things you're like, yeah, fair enough. They that's come. They had to come and ban comics. Um, it was never really legal to begin with. It's not. It what what I want to stress to the people. They're not banning things on the precedence that it's unsafe. Like they're not coming in, being like, you need to get this off the shelves. This is a health that v- risk. That like you shouldn't be doing it. It's not that. It's sometimes they just like to be cunts, especially in the UK. If there's anything before so if it was if it was in food before nineteen ninety seven we've allowed it so if it's naturally occurring we've allowed it if it's after nineteen ninety seven or synthetically made after nineteen ninety seven or anything it's profound then to be a um, a novel food so they can ban it or not. There's conspiracy theories and the people talking about why they banned certain ingredients, like they banned agmatine, they banned creatine, magnesium, chelate, then they banned DMHA, um, they put restrictions on DMAE bicarbate, ethanol, go to cola extract, phenylethylamines, um, they've taken black magic, they go for APS mesomorph, they're taking chemics, they've taken 5%. They're taking shitloads at the moment So I don't know whether it's extra funding Whether they just want to get the dick out And go all in Usually from previous experience Of mine in the industry Anytime a product gets flagged It's because it's been grasped in Now there is one no, no, one notorious Fucking snitch In the industry who does have a brand I won't say Too much about that but If it is him then I don't even know i just like just to have a load of bad karma just for being a cunt um ingredients that i am working with at the moment um i am experimenting and i'm researching a ingredients called 9-methyl-b-carboline and now i got first um exposed to carbolines through Graham hancock and a person called dennis mckenna and it's pursuits of education over a thing called dimethyltryptamine which only very 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 small people percent of people will know and even smaller percent of people have experienced but anywho the pro um the, the 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 possibility of Benefit potentials of nine methylpycroline is that it, it increases the expression of tyrosin. gonna say tryptophan hydroxylase things So be on the mind tyrosin hydroxylase. So if you consume tyrosin it then got to go through tyrosin um, hydroxylase, then will become L-dopa. Then it'll have a thing called dopa decarboxylase for then that to become dopamine. And then it's going to subsequently go on to be, well it's going to act as a neurotransmitter by itself, but subsequently lead into the potential use of uh, norepinephrine and, and and epinephrine. Um. So that is it. So it's. I don't know how to say it. it's the um potential of that product or oh, the potential of that nine methylbenzobolein. Is um, possibly it increases expression of tyrosine hydroxylase and it is a MAO inhibitor also, which is going to stop the degeneration of neurotransmitters and stuff like that. Um, the list goes a little bit longer on that, but that's something I wanted to test and I want to do more research on. Out um, of anything, the amount of research you can do, on amount of research you should do before you actually speak about it um, in terms of its actual efficacy. That's why I'm very big on. This is the potentials because when you're dealing with ingredients with a little bit of research behind it, you don't want to start being like, this is what it does because you want to see a bit more research. You just want to talk. I'm an alchemist. This is is something I want to speak about and I will speak about on um, Instagram. There's a very, very, very different type of perspective that you can look on ingredients by. Um, you can look on ingredients by an alchemy point of view, which is very much where I'm at personally. And this is what I like to do. I like to think about alchemy. So, I, So there's not much... Data behind an ingredient, I want to think about the potential. I want to think about the potentials that to change the world. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's something that says, okay, this has the potential. Um, in a in a study in rats or a study in here, which has the potential to maybe over into humans to increase levels of tyrosin hydroxylase, um, and be a MAO inhibitor. I want to be on that first. I want to jump on it. I don't want to be. So that's the benefit of that's the benefit of being an alchemist. There's one. The pros of being an alchemist, what I see is that you're onto ingredients first. It's very exciting for me because I'm onto ingredients with a little bit of research behind it and I want to explore the potential possibilities of it. That for me is very exciting. But you can flip totally 180 and then be a scientist, what I call a scientist, which is. Has it been proven scientifically in X amount of studies in a crossover blind placebo co- uh, controlled study? Has it is it one hundred percent, million percent uh, an increase of tyrosin hydroxylase in normal humans in non-treated um, in non-health defected humans? And you'd have a certain c- cry um, criteria of categories of which you would then deem a, a, an ingredient suitable now neither of them are wrong the benefits of being an alchemist you always onto something first the downside of that is that you may potentially be wrong because even um studies in like a petri dish to a rat and to a human can change but also the potentials there are or you could be even known to something of a winner. Then the benefit of being a scientist is that you're very really wrong. Um, but you are really kind of second to the case. You're you're second to the um the party. So like I like to see myself as a scientific alchemist, which I do tip towards alchemy more because I wanna I wanna get excited about the potentials, I want to get excited about stuff that may be happening or the stuff that that has shown us in the right direction and want to know so these so you'll see people talk and you'll see people argue even though both people are needed which is i've sort i've spoken about before But alchemists and scientific people will argue, even though we kind of need each other, because if no one did the initial studies to see the potentials of anything, we wouldn't really get anything new because we'd have okay, this is what science says, this is what it is, nothing more. But I think you do need a touch of alchemy, you do need the touch of people who get excited about maybe the raw small potentials and the I'd rather see an ingredient that doesn't have any it's not conflicting, because that's a whole different matter. If you see an ingredient with conflicting, okay, so it increased tyrosine hydroxylase here, but it didn't here. You'd be like, oh, this is where I step away and be like, right, I'm not judging it until, like, there's more on there. Um, but when it's a small amount of positive data, I want to take that and run. I want to see more, I want to do more, I want to see the exciting potentials. But then you do also run that risk of being like, oh shit when you do it in humans, who are healthy, doesn't really work, or you don't really see that much of a potential there, so yeah, so there's two different sides, and then two people, types of people arguing, I just find absolutely absurd, because they kind of both need each other, and everybody needs both of them, for just, just because, it's just two different ways of seeing a, 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 no one's right or no one's wrong, it's just the way you like to view them, um, so, uh, anyway, that was off a tangent. 9-methyl-B-carboline um, has the potential to increase tyrosine hydroxylase and then be a MAO inhibitor. So, in terms of dopamine um, synthesis, it pushes the boat out into what you need to there. Now, with the next ingredient I want to do is called bromantine. It's a bit of more of a complex ingredient, but it's showing the potentials to possibly be... Um, and it increases the expression of tyrosin hydroxylase and dopa-decarboxylase, which that is going to be fun. Um, it has a whole host of other potential benefits as well, but that's what I want to deal with next. After I obviously do a bit more research into 9 methyl and to be honest, I feel as if I've just scratched the surface with it. I read a few pages, read a few papers, a um, few mechanism of actions and stuff like that. What I wouldn't... What I would say the tip of the... um Tip of the rabbit hole as in just about to go in. Um so yeah, I am living in Cardiff. I've just reviewed stacked. I'm talking about nine-methyl which is something I'm finding very intriguing at the moment, and something I'm taking. And my next ingredient I'm gonna go in a rabbit hole in is called bromantine. bromantine tip not teen, so broman T-A-N-E. Um, for its potential increases of dopamine. I hope you've had a good day. I hope you've uh, GB171 enjoyed this, and I'm going to leave you on exactly 30 minutes. Have a good day, have a good evening, and keep smashing it.